What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. And welcome to the Wellpreneur Online Podcast, Episode 1. I am so excited you're here. I have a bunch of great interviews lined up, and I can't wait to share them with you every single week. And I'm really excited about this first interview, which is with Jennifer Lee of Artisan Coaching. So you might actually know about Jen Lee. I've learned about her stuff several years ago, actually, when I was still in my corporate job. And I just loved her idea of a right brain business plan and focusing on helping creative entrepreneurs because I've always been a creative person. But at that time, I was kind of in my corporate life and it just felt like such a breath of fresh air to be talking about creative business planning instead of, you know, the really cut and dried stuff I was used to doing at work. So I put this as the very first episode because this interview is just chock full with great tips that are especially important this time of year in January, because I know many of us are planning our business for the year and that's Jen's specialty. So as I'm talking with Jennifer, we'll be talking about the right brain business plan and specifically business planning tips for the creative entrepreneur. We're also going to talk about how Jen manages to capture her authentic self online without oversharing. And we're going to talk about how she finds time for her own creative practice through something she calls self-care Fridays. I think you're going to love this concept, and I know it's something that I'm going to implement in my own business this year too. And then in addition to a bunch of other things, we'll also learn about her fabulous portable vision boards and portable business plans. So if you think that a business plan has to be hard work and some thick, boring document that just sits on a shelf, you're wrong because Jen's going to completely revolutionize the way that you see business plans and what you can create for your own business. So I really hope you'll enjoy this interview and I'd love to hear from you afterwards. So please make sure to check out the show notes at wellpreneuronline.com slash one, where you can also leave me a comment and let me know what your favorite takeaway was from this episode. So let's dive into the interview. Hi, Jen. Hi, Amanda. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast. I've been really excited to talk to you. I am really excited to be here. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So... I've known about your business for years, actually, artisan coaching and the right brain business plan. But Mm -hmm. for people listening that aren't familiar with your business, can you just give us a quick little overview of what it is that you do? Sure. I work with creative entrepreneurs to help them launch and grow their business by leveraging their right brain creative genius. (laughs) So taking like a visual and creative approach to planning for your business or planning for your life. Hmm. So how did you decide you wanted to work with creative entrepreneurs? How did this come about? Because it's a really cool niche. Uh, Well, I'm creative myself. And 
you know, when I first started out coaching, just probably like with a lot of people who are just starting out, you kind of just work with anybody, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. warm body is willing to say yes. And when I started to, you know, get more clients and notice that there was a theme and then noticing where I really came alive was working with people who are creative. And actually, I think that everybody is creative. Everybody is an artist of their own life. And the creativity is just expressed through different ways, you know, whether it be through visual arts or through movement or the way you cook, the way you dress, however it is that you express your authentic self, I think Mm -hmm. is a way of expressing your creativity. So this whole idea of the right-brained business plan, I just love that. And I remember back when I was still in my corporate job a few years ago, I came across it and I was just like, that is so cool because it just (laughs) felt like such a breath of fresh air from all the business planning that, that I had to do at work. And so I'm curious, can you share with us kind of why regular typical business planning doesn't work for a lot of creative entrepreneurs? Mm, Well, it's so overwhelming and intimidating and plain old boring, right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think back to my corporate days and one of my roles, I had to help the finance organization do strategic planning. And so you can imagine, you know, the reams of paper and the binders and the spreadsheets and how numbing it was. (laughs) And I think as entrepreneurs, we hear like, okay, you, you need to have a business plan or you're starting a business. You no, know, what's your business plan? And the default, we think business plan, it needs to look this certain way. It needs to follow the traditional format. When in fact, for a lot of solopreneurs and creative entrepreneurs, you really just need a roadmap for where you're taking your business and how to get there. It doesn't need to be this arduous, you know, process where you fill out every cell in a template and you drive yourself crazy with something mm-hmm. that you're never going to look at again. Well, totally, because you're not doing it for a boardroom or for to try to get funding. You're just doing it for yourself to refer back to during the year. Exactly. So why not make it inspirational and fun? Yeah, <laughs> I love that because it's so funny. I've found since I've been self-employed that when I'm doing my own business planning, the first thing I have to do is get all the colored markers out. Yay! (laughs) Which at first I was really embarrassed and I didn't want to tell anyone, but actually it makes it, you know, it puts it in a format that I can hang on my wall and that I can actually use as a living document rather than, you know, some boring, just black and white type thing. Exactly. That ends up in a drawer somewhere. It's collecting dust. So Yeah. yeah, I think the important thing, I love what you said, that it's up you know, on your wall and you can see it. I mean, it's so important to be constantly engaged with what's your vision and what's your plan to help you make those decisions on a daily basis of what do I need to be focusing Mm -hmm. on paying attention Mm -hmm. to. Yeah. Could you share with us some common pitfalls that you see with your clients when they're trying to do their business planning? Oh, goodness. I think one of the most common things is that people think they need to have it figured out perfectly before they take the first step. Mm. You know, so it's like, well, I have a sense of what my big vision is and I'm not quite sure. Like, I have all these ideas for products or programs, but I don't know how to get started and or I need the website to look perfect. Like all these things that they feel like they need to have in place before they actually go and find a paying client. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they kind of just get stuck trying to make yes. it perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's planning is important because it helps you have the roadmap, but it's also taking action. So in a way, it happens in tandem. You know, it's like the plan helps you know which way to go, but then the action helps you clarify your plan even more. So I think people get trapped in the fallacy of like, I can't take any action until I have my plan in place. I think it's Mm. great to have the overall structure or just kind of general sense of where you want to go, but you can't, you don't have a crystal ball and you cannot predict every 
task and date and all the stuff for the next year. You just can't do that. But you can have a general sense and then you need to take the action that's aligned with the overall vision. Right. But definitely mm-hmm. I see people get in the analysis paralysis or perfectionism trap of like, I need to have it all figured out before I tell anyone what I'm doing, before I, you know, tweet about this program that I'm working on, whatever. <laughs> Actually, the more that you can invite in people early on in the process and maybe even develop it with some people in a test mode, that's going to give you more information to help you get clearer on the next actions to take. Oh, right. I've I've heard that before. I think the idea of trying to invite in your audience to help you create something because Mm -hmm. then people love feeling like they're a part of something. So I hadn't thought about that in the context of just getting it out there, but it's a great idea. Like just create something small and then ask for feedback and ask them. Exactly. Yeah. Ask them what they want. Yeah. 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 I'm curious in your own business, because one thing that I really like about your presence on the web and in your websites is that, well, and I don't know you actually, but I just get this clear feeling that it's you, (laughs) you know, it just, it just seems so authentically you. Something I hear from a lot of my, my clients and the health coaches that I work with is that they're really hesitant to put themselves out online because it just feels creepy or icky or just like they're selling all the time. And I think you found a really good balance on your website of just looking approachable and accessible and and competent, but like really showing your own personality. So how have you how have you done that? Thank you. I'm just taking that in. And yeah, we don't know each other, but I'm just enjoying this conversation because I feel like I feel like we do know each other. <laughs> All the way across as far apart as we are, London to San Francisco, but yeah. Exactly. Exactly. How do you present yourself authentically online, but not in a salesy, creepy way, but yet you must be being very effective at doing sales because <laughs> you've got a successful business. So if you could yeah. just talk a bit about that balance. Yeah. And actually I'll talk a little bit about the journey that that I've gone on in terms of like yeah. my site wasn't always the way it looks now. And in fact, I probably will go through more iterations. But when I first started out coaching and I was still in my corporate jobs, so there might be people listening who are maybe kind of doing the business on the side. Um, so I was doing that for a while. And, you know, I put up a website when I was going through my coach training so that I could get clients. And my company name at the time was Change Journey Coaching. And it was very corporate looking because I thought I needed to look professional. <laughs> Uh-huh. You know, and very generic. You know, it looked professional. It looked nice, but it said nothing about me. Mm-hmm. When I quit my corporate job and I was really looking to find out who I am and what's my brand, you know, I went through my own kind of personal journey and I worked with some branding people. And it was really clear that it's like, OK, in order for me to really show up fully as myself and to stand out it is inviting in that creativity because that's actually what people would respond to when they would see me in person. I got a funky haircut or like there's some <laughs> funky color in it. And then I'd go to these networking meetings with my collage books, my right brain. But I, did I have the plan at the time? I can't remember. And I had a different one, the Unfolding Your Life Vision one, mm-hmm. which is kind of this fun vision, portable vision board uh, for life planning. And I would take that to meetings with me. And like, that's what people would remember. So I'm like, oh, you're the one with that book, that collage thingy. <laughs> And so it's like, okay, and that was totally not reflected on the old website. So it was just listening to things like that. What are people responding to? What do I really enjoy? And allowing myself to bring more of that in. Uh, But it takes a lot of personal growth work, I think, to really own those gifts and to be able to step out and share them. And so I went through like a year long leadership program that really helped me 
tap into like, oh, these are my gifts and that's what people are drawn to. So it's Mm -hmm. a disservice to be hiding them. (laughs) I think that's so hard, especially if you've spent time in the corporate world, because you kind of learn to like suppress all that different, unique creativity, you know, and you just kind of contain it. You think, okay, that's something I've got for my personal time, but I need to be this way on the outside to be successful. It's so true. Yeah. So I really had to, you know, move past those kind of old limiting beliefs, but they're pretty common, you know, because the way that you think you need to be successful in one arena is a little bit different when you're working for yourself, especially with the kind of work that the people you work with do. It's like, People are doing really deep work with you, right? They're Mm. opening up in ways so they want to have a personal connection with you. They need to know, you know, they can trust you and that you relate. And they're not going to know that if you don't show more of who you are. That's such a good point. Yeah, they want to work. They want to have a real, they want to connect with the person and see that you're real, not just a like life coaching, health coaching robot, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So how do you find that balance then about, you know, how much of yourself to put online? Like how much to share versus what to hold back on? Oh gosh, that is such a good question. I'm actually a super private person. (laughs) Which is pretty funny. So in terms of what I share, you know, oftentimes it's things where I've maybe gone through something and I've come out the other side and I have kind of like, oh, here are my insights and really position it from a teaching slash learning perspective of these Mm. are what my takeaways are so that I'm, you know, not just verbal diarrhea of the drama of my life, (laughs) (laughs) which I think can happen a lot of times in the blogosphere, right? Of just people using it as a place to vent. Yeah. So I think there's a distinction between showing your authentic self versus like airing out all your dirty laundry. (laughs) Right. And you don't need to be airing out your dirty laundry in order to be like, I'm being fully authentic. You know, I think there are some parts of being vulnerable and certainly sharing challenges that you're having or, you know, questions that you have or that you're facing. But it doesn't need to be bearing your soul to that degree of like, you don't even know where you are. (laughs) Because at the same time, you still need to be. Uh, I want to say professional, but like authentically professional, like you don't want to just be sharing every single little thought that goes through your head because that's not really necessarily what people want to see from their coach either. I think, you know, a lens to look at it through is what's going to be helpful to other people. How is it being of service to other people? Because sometimes it's just you're just going through your own stuff and it's really you needing to work out your own stuff and it's not at a place where it's going to be helpful. It's not valuable to your audience yet. yet. Especially if it's, yeah in the middle of processing stuff. So. Mm-hmm. so something else I really wanted to ask you as a as a creative entrepreneur is I know it's so important to take time for creativity, mm-hmm. right? But as a small business owner, you're so busy and there's so much stuff you could do all the time and it just keeps getting pushed to the bottom of the to-do list. How do you find that balance in your business? How do you actually take time for your own creative practice and play? Yeah, it's such a great question. I've been struggling with that balance, actually, for a good part of this year, because I've been like on this writing deadline and like all this book stuff. So the natural kind of cycles of how I normally do things has been a little bit disrupted. So I'm just finding my way back to that. So it kind of goes in ebbs and flows, but I definitely practice the kind of guarding of time. So I practice what I call self-care Fridays, and that's where... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like That's I've really done nice. this since, gosh, maybe 2007 or 2008. And Fridays are just the day for me. I don't 
schedule any client calls or meetings. You know, there may be once in a blue moon where I have to do, you know, a call with my publisher or whatever. But for the most part, it's just open space for me. And that's my time to recharge, maybe get a massage, go on a long hike with my dog. Sometimes I might actually do work, but it's in a space for me to just be able to do my own thing with it. Like there's no, Mm. it just feels more open and spacious. And that to me is really important. And then sometimes I do creative, you know, actual painting or something like that. But I think the key for me is having that white space, just the time to breathe. And the other thing that I do is I stack my like calls and appointments on Mondays and Wednesdays, because for me, energetically to be able, you know, to have a conversation like this or to be working with a client, that's very outward energy. And I'm very introverted. So it takes a lot of effort and energy to be putting myself out like that. So then on the Tuesdays and Thursdays, I can have a little bit more inward focus time. And that also helps to ground me and helps me access that creativity. And I love that because I think, you know, sometimes it can be tempting to think, oh, well, I need to work eight hours a day or I need to work like more is better just because of maybe what you've done in previous careers. And that's really nice to say, you know what, I'm responsible for my own this is my business. And so I can just do calls on Monday and Wednesdays because that's what works for me. That's so, that's such freedom. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I mean, if I don't do that, then I get really resentful. And when I just, when my schedule is disrupted, certainly I can see the effects of when I'm not honoring that space. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm going to do self-care Fridays, I think. That's Yay! Really- <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I've learned is, you know, self-care Friday doesn't always have to wait till Friday. <laughs> oh, right. oh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I've adopted like self-care Thursday because I got this massage membership thing and they have like special deals between like Tuesday and Thursday. So then I, Ooh. that was when I was like, oh, self-care Friday doesn't have to be Friday. It can be Thursday. <laughs> Ooh, massage membership. That sounds great. I have to look into one of those. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned just in passing something about portable vision boards. Mm-hmm. What is that? What are they? Yeah. Um, so I have two different kinds that I've done. Um, one is for life visioning or life planning. So that's the unfolding your life vision kit that I have. But it's this cool, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a little bit like origami looking, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's a, a certain way to do an accordion book fold just out of, you know, sheets of paper. And I learned this through a book binding class years ago and I used it to create a vision board and started showing it to people. And they're like, this is really awesome. So that kit takes people through kind of looking at the different facets of your life, you know, health and well-being, career, money, uh, relationships, that kind of stuff, and takes you through a process of planning that. It's hard to describe what it looks like, but if you go to unfoldingyourlifevision.com, you'll see a picture. Yeah. And then the other portable vision board is for the business plan. So that's the right brain business plan. And actually, mine is an accordion book. So it's uh, portable in that way. It's, I don't know, four by six is maybe the dimensions, but it opens up into like this big spread that you can do like an accordion, you know, open and Mm -hmm. close. But it's great because it fits in my purse. Like I said, I would take it to networking meetings and show people when I do my little intro and the pictures speak volumes, right? So yeah, those are... So this is like, so you do your business plan because we're talking now in December. And so a lot of people are doing planning for the next year. And so is the idea with that is that you'd make your business plan vision board and then you carry it around with you as a reminder. Yeah, definitely. I love that. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) Because I think sometimes it's easy to get 
off track. And that's why I said I try to hang things in my office where I'll see them. But that's even better if you have a portable totally. one. Yeah. Well, yeah. What's great about this format is it. So I have mine on display right now in my office. So it, it opens up and it stands up by itself, you know, so you can like put it on your desk. Right. Yeah. Shelf. So it's both, you know, have it visible in your office, but then you can just fold it up and put it in your bag, which is really cool. I love it. And give us the website again for that. For Right Brain Business Plan, that's rightbrainbusinessplan.com. And there's a kit. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So since we're mainly talking on my podcast about online business, just when you look back at your own business over the past few years, could you just give us a, you know, a tip that you can share for what maybe one thing that you did that made the biggest impact on your success or some kind of online business tip? Yeah, I think from an online business perspective and when I saw, you know, huge kind of shift in the growth of my business was the whole idea of really building your list and connecting with your people and kind of cultivating that community of fans and followers and customers. And what really helped me kind of move the needle on that was, you know, when I did my book launch for the first book in 2011, I did a video summit and that was inviting, uh, I think I had 10 or 11 guest speakers. And so it's kind of that collaboration joint venture kind of idea where Mm -hmm. you interview guests and they help promote it to their list. So there's a nice kind of cross promotion and my list grew substantially from that effort. And when you have a bigger list, then when you make your offers to your list, you have a lot more people who, you know, might be willing to buy (laughs) just Mm -hmm. kind of in a way a numbers game. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what's been really great about doing this kind of summit and then having live interaction is I learned so much about what my perfect customers are dealing with, what their questions are. So any way that you can be in engagement with, you know, your community, with your tribe, Mm -hmm. um, that's going to give you so much information about, you know, what's the next kind of program that you need to provide them or what are they really wanting or needing from you? What's Mm -hmm. missing? Such a good point, because I think it can be, especially if if you tend to be introverted, it can be so tempting to just like sit at your computer and just yeah. be doing, you know, doing your work. But right. actually, you might be creating something that people don't want. Right. Right. <laughs> Which is really sad when that happens and you put something out and it's just crickets. Exactly. <laughs> Since we're talking in December and, and people are doing business planning, could you give us maybe three different business or three business planning tips for more creative entrepreneurs for the coming year when people are working on their plans or it doesn't have to be three a few okay (laughs) (laughs) well the first one I think would be to get really clear about you know what it is you're wanting for your business and for your life in the next year there's a visualization that people can download at rightbrainbusinessplan.com and it guides you through you know a meditation uh, if that's a way that helps you access what the vision is or just, you know, let yourself have some quiet time, like three to five minutes and just be very still and connect with, you know, what what's inside you? What's your intuition telling you? What's your inner wisdom telling you? And, you know, journal, write some notes about what comes up for you. The second thing I find as a nice follow up to that is actually doing a vision board. So collaging so that you have the visual, tangible representation of what, you know, came up for you in your vision. Mm -hmm. The third thing is mapping out the year. And so I really love having like a big wall calendar and I get mine through paper source and I think they ship internationally, but Mm -hmm. paper-source.com and there's this 
wall calendar called the academic wall calendar. And it's huge. And I actually rip off each month and I put it on a big wall so I can see the whole year or at least half the year. Wow. So you have a whole wall of your year and everything you're going to create. Awesome. Yeah. And then I just put sticky notes, you know, in terms of placeholders or milestones. Okay. Like the next video summit is happening here. The book launch is happening here. I'm just looking around my little London flat and I have a feeling I don't have a wall big enough for a whole year. But so (laughs) (laughs) they actually just developed a new version. I think maybe it was this year that I've seen it first where it's on one kind of dry erase big thing, but it has the whole year and it's dry erase and it looks really nice. So I think that's a nice option for people in a flat or an apartment or no wall space. (laughs) Yeah. But it's some, there's something cool that happens when you're able to see, you know, six months out or a year versus, you know, most of the time I'm in my Google calendar and I'm just looking at the week or the Mm -hmm. month, but it doesn't give you that long view of what's happening and kind of, you know, if you have a certain financial goal you're wanting to hit, what needs to happen each quarter and, you know, that kind of thing and being able to see it all in one fell swoop can be very helpful in terms of what is the plan and what are the steps that need to happen. Yeah. And keep you focused, I think. Yeah. On the big picture. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great big picture and detail thing all at once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what's next for you? What exciting things are you working on in 2014? Well, the second book will be coming out in the spring. Yeah, it's called Building Your Business the Right Brain Way. And it's like a follow up to the first book. So, you know, the first book was about kind of setting the stage, creating your plan for your business. This one is kind of taking it that next step of how do you grow it? Kind of that list building stuff we were talking about or engaging with your community, testing out programs and products, that kind of thing. So awesome. Are you doing a book launch? Are you coming to London? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Come to London. No. (laughs) Yeah, I have a dear friend who's in London, so quite possible, but definitely doing a virtual. An online launch. launch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. Cool. So just as we're wrapping up, just remind us where we can find you if people want to get in touch with you or or buy some of your products. Sure. Uh, Probably the easiest is just going to rightbrainbusinessplan.com. And there's a little sign up if you want to get the um, guided meditation and some play sheets from the book. Yeah. And that will give you access to that and then the newsletter and kind of all that good stuff. Great. And I'll put all of that in the show notes too. So that, and especially the link to your guided meditation. I think that sounds really nice. So I'll, I'll put that in the notes so people can get easy access to it. Awesome. Great. Thanks so much, Jen. Thank you so much, Amanda. Have a good day. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellprinter Online Podcast. For all of the links and websites and resources that we mentioned in this episode, you can find them in the show notes at wellprinteronline.com slash one. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would be really great if you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. That way you'll automatically get each episode as they're released and you'll never miss an episode. And while you're there, it would be really great if you could leave me a review on iTunes because for a podcast first starting out, The number of subscribers and reviews that you have is really key to help more people learn about the podcast. So if you could take a minute and leave me a review, I'd be really grateful. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you back here next week with the next episode. Thank you.